0: Hey there, welcome back to the Boney Island Whitefish, it's where your favourite friends Andrew and Riley recap, for some reason, uh, Season 5 of the TV show Bones. Maybe it's because we all want to escape from the time we're in, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Go mm-hmm.
0: Back to a simpler time of network television. 2009 to 2010 baby and as we established on the last episode with a theme song by the crystal method it could not get any more 2009 (sighs) um and perfect
1: i don't know about (laughs) and i don't know about you andrew but after after the previous i don't remember that any particular episode of this season except for one that i'm very excited about um Mm -hmm. i keep being worried that uh keep being worried that um it's gonna be like oh this is good. the next one's gonna be a regular episode. There's no way we can top the um psychic who somehow breaks a cult submarine murder case wide open. But then I remembered, no, of course we'll top that no, <laughs> this is Bone
0: season five Yes, yes. Well um yeah I I you know, I'd be worried too that you were misremembering how loopy the whole thing is. And as you said, last week we did have Psychic Cindy Lauper solving a crime and seemingly very much being a real and genuine psychic. Mm -hmm. Um, There really wasn't any suggestion throughout that episode that she was just kind of full of shit. Um, I would go so far as to say every time a character like sort of cast a bit of shade at the concept of psychics, she would then immediately provide them with some like Think that there was no way for her to know, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or she'd solve a, a murder about a murder about a mystery um, super stealth submarine crew. Huh. You
1: know. Well, I wouldn't say the murder was about a super stealth submarine. It was a murder no, that featured there. a cameo appearance from the <laughs> super stealth, a conceptual cameo appearance from a super stealth submarine. And this this episode kind of does something similar, but um, with. James Bond it's <laughs> so instead of the instead yeah. of the sort of main contention being what if psychics are real ooh can bones negotiate her way through this one the main contention is what if James Bond were real and it's like well number one it's entirely possible for a spy to exist like that's not <laughs> that's 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 not um you know su- the supernatural many people have been spies uh but the way that they do it of course is what if ian fleming sudden, somehow or at least heavily implies what if ian fleming used an enchanted typewriter to write james bond and they were beginning to come <laughs> true
0: well there's an interesting rhythm to this episode which i might note is titled the bond in the boot that's right so number one they're already calling him bond um but yeah it's it, there's a there's a weird sort of rhythm to this where we start off with like like you're sort of saying that the magical ridiculous idea of hey we seem to have encountered James Bond in the real world. Um even though like you said there are spies Mm -hmm. But that then starts to bump up against, like, the equally preposterous American network television's portrayal of, like, the FBI and the CIA as incredibly highly competent and across everything that's happening at
1: all times, you know, uh, to be taken seriously, that kind of thing. Based on that logic, MI6 should be employing, like, a serial alcoholic shagger who can, like... I don't know, Kite Surf and Aston Martin down a Antarctic tidal wave, uh, which is actually, if you remember, something that happened in one of the later Pierce Brosnan Bonds. Ah, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I liked about this one, though, is that we have... Um, it begins with James Bond music that's just changed enough so they don't have to pay any royalties. Kind of like um, every car
0: commercial doing like a bad version of Seven Nation Army for like the entire 2000s, you know? Mm -hmm. Sort of like that. They got that same composer who does royalty-free versions of songs that you recognize for commercials. And they said, hey, hit me with that James Bond theme, but copyright free, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, one James Bond theme, no copyright? Thank you very much. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, And so they hit us with this uh, music straight out of the gate. It's like, the The, the twangy guitar. (laughs) They got it all going on. We see a man's hand handcuffed to a suitcase in the foreground, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, is uh, the international sign for there's something pretty cool in this briefcase, (laughs) but I'm not sharing it.
1: It's not just my lunch. I will not be sharing
0: the cool <laughs> contents of my briefcase. Um, this person is being followed by somebody who is putting a silencer onto a pistol. Mm-hmm. Also the international sign for, oh no. <laughs> um,
1: it's the, the international
0: internet. sign for, I, I want the contents of your briefcase. I'm hungry, it's lunchtime.
1: I'm, I, am, I am absolutely gaga for handcuffed briefcases.
0: Now I feel like the uh, the bond comparison starts to fall apart a little here when the man who is being pursued uh, surreptitiously takes from his pocket a very small pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's quite he flips it open, flips it open, and I'm like, "Ooh, this guy must have the goods if this is how he's going to solve the problem." Uh, and instead, he whirls around and is immediately shot multiple times, point blank, in the chest, and dies. Yeah, correct. Uh, which is not very James Bondish.
1: Well, also, like, if you,
0: Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, if you're making comparisons. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that James Bond has rarely done. Uh, you know, been immediately shot to death at the start of the movie.
1: <laughs> you know, th- it only happens in You Only Live Twice, and even then, it's like <laughs> he's not actually been shot. Uh, so, you know, um, the, well, the great thing about Bones is that when they decide they want to do, like, an extended James Bond comparison, they're going to be like, look we're gonna say what if there are several bonds Hmm. what if then and also uh i really like that they've subverted the uh, murder show trope um where like some teens are walking in the park being like "Ah, no way you can't hike as good as me (gasps) what (laughs) a body (laughs) um and 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 so then you have to be like how did this guy get murdered what happened instead they're like okay all right, everybody, here's the crime. Do you think Bones and Booth are going to be able to get this one? I don't know. We'll see. Bones time. Bones time. Well, before we get to Bones time, though. Yeah. Um,
0: The killer, obviously, he's after the lunch in the briefcase. He's not going <laughs> to leave course. here hungry. Um, So he he starts off by just trying to yank the briefcase off of the body. And there's a little thing he's forgotten about called... The handcuffs.
1: He's forgotten that the the lunch has a note on it saying, J- Bond, James Bond.
0: <laughs> Do not eat. Um, so he yanks on the briefcase probably more times than is necessary to establish that it's attached to the arm. Um, he needs some way to get the hand off there. Very convenient small knife placed right next to the body. That should only Thank take you. a few hours. Thank you, pretend James Bond. Um, he immediately lops this hand off of the wrist, right? Which, you know, if any of the um, ISIS beheading videos that I've watched are accurate, Mm -hmm. seems like it would probably take a longer time than that. You ever seen uh, 127 Hours?
1: Uh, I have not. I am a very squeamish person. I I don't Uh, do well well with gore or trappedness or horror. Um, I like films uh, such as uh, Jackass um I, I like it when johnny knoxville uses the big hand um <laughs> to knock over ryan dunn i think nothing nothing
0: to be squeamish about in the jackass uh, <laughs> films or tv show
1: yeah i mean look i admit that was a bad example but like extended <laughs> extended stories about horror i don't really care for you know what i'll say like i like the movie the other guys from 2011 i think it's really fun Um, I I feel like so long as the other guys is out there There's no reason for me to watch Saw Or 127 Hours or Hostel Or any of these movies where bad stuff Happens to people's bodies Well in fairness to
0: 127 Hours It's not a horror movie It's it's a true story Of a hiker who gets trapped in a little ravine A big rock falls on his arm Pinning it uh, to another big rock Conveniently enough And in order to survive Triumphant story of survival um, he winds up needing to... He's trapped, therefore, the titular 127 hours. And he winds up needing to sever his own arm at the elbow ah. with like with Ugh. like a folding knife, ah. basically.
1: Ugh.
0: And so this is a real thing that a real guy did. Uh, he got his knife and he went, ooh, boy. <laughs> but the thing is... The you thing is with all this sort said, of stuff...
1: This is going to take 127 hours. 27 hours,
0: yeah. Well, like... You ever? Are you ever like, you know, uh, splitting a chicken up into eight pieces? Yeah, I've done that. And, you, and you're like, man, got to get through these bones and these little joints and all that sort of stuff. And that's just for like a little old chicken.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, famously, they have very brittle and easy to get through bones. They're birds. That's right. That's right. Yeah,
0: they don't have the uh, bones of
1: a man. No
0: no so uh so i gather that that whole operation would take quite a while i also gather that cutting through somebody's hand at the wrist would would take a bit of time a bit of oomph mm-hmm. yes um my wife who was watching this immediately said uh why didn't you just like cut off a finger you know cut off the thumb and then slide the handcuffs right off there
1: well i guess your wife's a spy so yeah any lunch you have is hers effectively <laughs> Well, that was one of our vows, yeah. I believe. <laughs> My lunch is your lunch.
0: <laughs> so, um, so this guy very, very deftly hacks this handoff. Through old James Butter wrists. Old James Butter wrists. Uh, runs off and gets into a car, which he immediately uses to drive over the body. Yeah. Um, That's right. Bumping over a speed bump. There are bullets flying at the car now yeah. from somewhere off screen.
1: And uh, let's be go. clear. Let's be clear. The bullets were not flying in the, assumedly, what, six to seven hours it would have taken him to cut through that wrist. Well, they
0: weren't, they weren't flying through the shooting the guy apart, through the cutting the handcuff off. It was, It was. was. But car theft, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's where I draw the line. Oh,
1: <laughs> and the car, by the way? Yeah, it's an Aston Martin. Okay, pretty active. It's James Bond's car, that's right. <laughs> it, the, the, bo- the show Bones continuing to suggest to you Could James Bond be real? Could James Bond be real and a corpse?
0: (laughs) So, um, very, very cool the way that they do this in the show. They have the corpse get run over. And then they show you the corpse lying there. And then they do a smash cut to that same corpse, uh, now stripped of all flesh (laughs) and being chewed upon by several dozen cats. That's right yeah that's it because we've all heard we've all heard you you die in your house uh your cat will eat you Mm -hmm. we've all heard the tales i don't think you can blame a cat for that no
1: it's just a cat it's
0: doing what nature tells it to do you know Well, you it's you've also uh locked the cat in the house with um no food and a really big piece of meat
1: yeah and uh Mm -hmm. crucially uh you've you've handcuffed your lunch
0: to your wrist so what else is the cat gonna eat that's right. You've 127 hours to your
1: cat. Yeah. Except the instead I mean, of an arm, the cat has to physically sever its uh, emotional bond with you. If anything, it's difficult for the cat.
0: It's I know. Well, remember, um, remember when they made a, a 1993 movie, Alive, out of the uh, the the Uruguayan rugby team which crashed in their plane and they had to eat their teammates' dead bodies in order to survive. Ooh, no, that's not the kind of thing I want to see. And that was cast as a, as a story of human triumph being put in a very, very difficult uh, position and being like, what, what are we willing to do to stay alive? Yeah. Well, they're willing to do what your cat is willing to do to stay alive.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a story about the brave cats from the Ur- Uruguayan rugby team that's right um i yeah that's another movie i'm never ever going to see ever i will never i will never never watch a movie that is all about people getting eaten people cutting off their arms when i could just watch something fun you could watch uh could watch reruns of yes minister (laughs) i could watch reruns of yes minister i've actually been thinking about doing that yeah oh yeah well hey you know there's only so many episodes in bones season two Bones season five, I mean... I mean, that's true of season two, too. There's not an unlimited amount of episodes in season two. These are limited runs of shows. That's true. Yeah. So, let us carry on. So, Bones and Booth, they have arrived to
0: uh, look at this dead body because apparently... Like, I can't discern from this show how any one crime gets selected for the Bones squad to to intervene.
1: Hmm. I mean, I I think... It's a process that's never discussed. I mean, I think maybe they just say, hmm, is this murder, is this murder, is this dead body raising more questions than answers? Send oh, for yeah. The, send for the brave, brave Bones patrol at the... Send, send
0: for the Jeffersonian Medico okay. Lab Institute's <laughs> finest scientists.
1: That's right. Um, and here we also meet the B-plot, which is considering that the entire thing is woven into discussions about a potential like international bit of espionage with what's in the briefcase and stuff is charmingly mundane Um, yes
0: we have well so, so there's a few elements here number one is that they arrive while Bones is bragging about her book sales right her book is doing very well and I don't know if we explained this in the previous episode but I think we're going to have to just lay it out again. Let me hit you with a sentence right here or two. This series is very loosely based on the life and novels of Kathy Reichs, a forensic anthropologist who also produced the show. Its title character, Temperance Brennan, is named after the the protagonist of Reichs's crime novel series. In the Bones universe, which, as we've established, also extends into BoJack Horseman... (laughs) Uh, Dr. Brennan writes successful mystery novels featuring a fictional forensic anthropologist named Kathy Rex.
1: Yeah! Wow. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, very, very clever stuff there. Um, so she, she writes these books on the side and they basically casually drop that she is now independently wealthy and that money means nothing to Bones anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still wants to keep working this job because she's better than you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is one of those things, right? Where if, if you if network TV people want to make a character impressive, they'll be like they'll load them up with uh, impressive attributes. They'll be like they've got three PhDs. They can jump really high. Um, they can run really fast. And uh, look at how, look at look at how easily they recall this you know bit of information that a precocious thirteen year old would know. That's right.
0: Um, so she's, she's just kind of showing off to Booth that she now has lots of money, doesn't have to worry about anything anymore, she's been sent to Rolex by her publisher, whereas the ultimate dumb, rich person watch that's right Whereas uh, stupid old uh, Booth he can't even get his plumbing fixed, welcome to the B plot the B plot is um, Booth needs to fix the plumbing in his kitchen, but but unfortunately um unfortunately because of his bad case of coma brain he has forgotten how to fix the pipes in his house and this is this is a conundrum
1: is that even approaching i I can okay if any if there are any um like neurologist or whatever listeners to the boney island whitefish please write in comment on one of the patreon posts is, is, it, is it remotely even anything that you get into a coma and you forget how to do basic home maintenance?
0: I feel like it's, it's, one, of, it's one of two things, right, with a coma. You're either in a um, regarding Henry type situation where you get shot in the head um, by a young John Leguizamo in a convenience store.
1: Yeah, that's one of the types of comas. You get shot in the head by young John Leguizamo, I understand.
0: Yep. You go into a coma. You come out of it. You can't really remember how to speak. You can't remember your own name. You can't remember how to read uh, or walk. And you have to relearn all of these basic cognitive functions. Um, and at some point, uh, you get to learn a little more about yourself and maybe more about the kind of person you want to be. Maybe getting shot in the head was good for Henry in the mm-hmm. film regarding Henry. Yes. Okay. Um, but then there's this kind where just certain things selectively seem to drop out uh, which are helpful to the plot
1: yeah it's like imagine if your whole business was an anti-clown plumbing service you'd be so backwards (laughs) having experienced the type of coma Booth got, where, if you recall at the end of the episode last time, he was accosted by a clown in the street and responded by happily honking its nose, and the <laughs> off the clown went. And now he's forgotten how to do plumbing.
0: Oh, no. All of his favorite things, shooting at clowns and fixing the plumbing. <laughs> I would like to note at this point that uh, this scene has been shot outdoors in the sunlight, and in the sunlight, David Boreanaz's hair... Um, is Pitch Black doing okay. a very bad, like, box die job.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, um, also, David Boreanaz just... exists in the BoJack Horseman universe as well. So huh. I assume that these are the same guys. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um... You know, there's a bit of
0: fun comedy where all of the cats which have been eating the corpse are all looking at them hungrily.
1: But how's uh, that comedy? They say- because it's, they're like, we're going to take them back, the cats back to the Jeffersonian to analyze their uh, their feces. Uh, and then they're like, I didn't know cats were going to eat us. But then, like, it's that there's close-ups on the cats with creepy music and then licking their lips. I don't think that's intended to be comedy. I think that's intended to be like, the cats might eat Bones and Booth. These, these cats are... Directly threatening
0: A government agent
1: <laughs> I, fear, I fear For my life And the lives Of my fellow officers That's why I had to machine Gun these cats So um,
0: So One of the things We like about this show Are the incredibly Quick leaps From learning Maybe A small piece Of information To then um, Speaking with like incredible certainty as to the conclusion that this leads to and so they're they're having a bit of a look at this body uh back at the lab and they say ah i can tell from looking at this guy's leg bone that he had a leg extension done using the ilizarov apparatus therefore he is russian
1: obviously no one's ever gone uh to any other country to get a medical procedure before
0: No, no. Well, I did do a bit of reading into the Ilizarov apparatus, which is this um, like series of rings that can be fixed around uh, the leg. And then you put a series of pins into the bones through that. Um, And you can use it to treat uh, like... Reading here, it can be used to lengthen or reshape limb bones as a Mm limb-sparing technique to treat complex and or open bone fractures. And in cases of infected non-unions of bones that are not amenable with other techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, It is named after the orthopedic surgeon Gavril Abramovich Elisarov from the Mm -hmm. Soviet Union who pioneered the technique. And as they say in the show, um, nobody knew about it. It wasn't available outside of Russia Until uh, the mid-80s or whatever. Therefore, this guy had to be Russian. Also, they have extracted a tiny fragment of packaging from some of the cat's shit. They've decided that that is from a package of airline peanuts that are favored by, quote, Mother Russia.
1: Uh, Yeah, Because they were... They were uh, from Aeroflot, the preferred airline of Mother Russia. And it's like, yeah, I found this little piece of plastic. A, obviously from uh, Peanuts. B, obviously from an airline, Peanuts. C, obviously from this airline's preferred brand of airline, Peanuts. D, this guy ate plastic, and then the cat also ate the plastic. Well, uh, you're also
0: assuming that it couldn't have got into that particular cat in any other period.
1: Nope. that cat Because, you know, there's only one place that that cat ate. It's just that guy. It's
0: just that guy. Haven't eaten in weeks. Yep. So, um, you know, they've determined now that this guy is Russian, and that's good enough for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, we got a tiny bit of plastic. He's got some holes in his leg bone. Yep. Definitely Russian.
1: Yeah, 100% uh, no. classic Russian. It's a classic Russian thing to do is to eat plastic and get your like, leg lengthened with a medieval torture device.
0: No way you can argue with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, they've had a bit of a look around as well, and um, found some paint scrapings uh, from a speed bump after this corpse was run over
1: mm-hmm they because that, those back c- to the c- lab. C- that speed bump could never have been run over by anything else. That's so true
0: yeah um now, I guess before we move on from this point, we have to note that there is a a sexy Russian uh diamond agent or
1: what what is she? <laughs> Yep. Uh she's a she's well she's like a sexy Russian um like yeah I think she's just like a well she's well she basically exists I think to heavily imply that this is a, a Bond girl. Oh yes. Um, this is the network TV version of a Bond girl um who is uh yeah who has um who has some di- who says ah he was bringing in 2 million dollars worth of diamonds from Siberia. Uh, which wouldn't be that many diamonds, um, and then she's shown pictures of him going through the diplomatic queue uh, at the airplane, at the airport, uh, which also is very funny, where um, where we actually have this State Department sends an agent to talk to Booth, uh, a nine year old agent, uh, saying the investigation needs to be done <laughs> with discretion, and that we learn that the guy's name was Antonov, which to me is very funny because it's like the name of the world's largest plane that you need to use to, like, ship a power plant. If you have to ship an entire power plant and can't take it apart for some reason, you use a plane called an Antonov. And so I just kept thinking, like, yes, his name is Gigantic Plane. Uh, By the way, (laughs) he was a diamond dealer with a diplomatic passport. And then the Russian woman comes and is like, yes, he was just bringing... uh, He was just bringing three or four diamonds from Siberia.
0: At which point, though, she is asked... um... Why would he go through the diplomatic thing, though? And she says, maybe he is not carrying diamonds. (laughs) Uh, Credits, you know. So, we're back in the lab now. And we're using my favorite kind of science to solve this crime. And that is the magical kind. Uh, The kind that is invented from whole cloth. Because... Uh They have have used their 3D (laughs) modeling. So, you've already completely departed the realms of reality. Mm -hmm. Um, They're using their their computer-generated science to model a car running over a corpse's legs in the same way that it was set up in the car park. And they've decided that this means they can determine, based off the simulation and, I guess, the the breakages in the legs, um, how much the car weighed. Mm-hmm. which was approximately 3,700 pounds. And yep. then I noticed that they ignored the other part on the readout on the
1: screen. that said plus or minus 147 pounds. Of course. Uh, and only, you know what? When you know it, only 150 vehicles are that weight. Yes, in that yeah. range. And so um, what you get what I love is that they like... Like if you, I don't know, get too many Bonsai Buddy toolbars and there are just pop-ups that cover your entire computer screen, like 150 pop-ups just go bang 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 bang, bang, and you get 150 vehicles. Oh, and the paint color? Yeah, it was called Casino Royale.
0: Well, after the scene, after the scene changes to something else, the girl in the lab just has to sit there and close all 150 of those pop-ups one at a time. Click, 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 click. <laughs> but yes, they, um, they, they find out that the, of course they can match mm-hmm. um, the scraping of paint to the manufacturer and the trade name of the paint, which is Casino Royale, prompting all the guys in the lab to go, that's James Bond's car, it." <laughs> yeah, because they're all British for shortly. Very cool accents and everything. Yeah. Um, and they determine that it comes from and Aston Martin. That's mm-hmm. James
1: Bond's car, is <sighs> it? Ah, and then we get more of that really fun banter between Hodges and Angela, where Hodges says, hey, there's more than a grain of truth in those James Bond films. And Angela says, pussy galore, that's never going to happen. <laughs> they set up one joke and gave the punchline to a different joke. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Uh, oh, also here we meet the C plot. Yes. Uh, Which is that the boss just walks in and says that a character we met just mere moments ago is going to have to leave the Jeffersonian as the financial crisis has bankrupted the trust fund that's funding his scholarship at the nearby university. Well, um, so
0: this character, this intern named Wendell Bray, uh, apparently he has only appeared at the end of the previous season. Okay. Um, But yes, he has lost his scholarship due to, quote, The economic mess
1: (laughs) The economic mess left to us by those damn Democrats
0: That beautiful analysis (laughs) that we like to hear Mm -hmm. Lots of little twee musical cues and everything But yes, they they announced that Oh no, this guy's all fucked up Um, Unless they can find funding from somewhere Uh, They uh, they announced uh. to the the rest of the room
1: (laughs) We're going to need to have a bake sale (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to fund our friends, our little kid's scholarship.
0: We're doing a car wash, a charity car wash. Mm. Um, so, from here, we uh, we we travel to the diner where Sweets is looking at, um, you know, some files and reports and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's doing some kind of, like, a psych report. And I was very tickled by Bones saying about resident psychologist uh, Sweets... Whatever he says is a guess, says Bones, head of the hypothetical clue generation unit. <laughs> like <laughs> head of yeah. the here's he's the three D model of an imaginary car that we've made. head, head, head
1: of the just wild conclusions <laughs> unit of the FBI. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the idea that like if they had the thing is like if the FBI had a, a team whose job it was to uh just draw insane conclusions from mere wisps of evidence um they wouldn't need to spend most of their time just like you know um telling telling uh, like young muslim men to you know hey if you you know um blow up this uh blow up this car you know we'll get you a playstation or whatever like they don't need to do that uh, they would just be able to just make something up about anyone they wanted and have a little computer model that's like, we made a, we made a little animation of what you might look like if you were the killer. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> prepare to go to jail, please. Uh, let's just
0: hand this one over to the speculative guesswork unit.
1: <laughs> uh, what I also love here is that they were like, they were, that, 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 um, Sweet's, Sweets' analysis was, because, like, the diamond dealers are like, oh, we do a evalu- psychiatric evaluation on every potential diamond carrier. Sweets is like, I read his psych- psychiatric evaluation. The answers are too perfect. That plus the diplomatic passport, he must be a spy. But then you cut to Booth, also sitting them with them in the diner, having a hushed phone call saying, um, again, another classic Bones joke, Hart Hansen coming out here with the comedy again. No, I don't want Pilates for dummies. It's plumbing for dummies. (laughs) Those two words sound so similar. They're so similar. So similar.
0: Um, Which of course leads. I I hire a Pilates instructor to come to my
1: house, and instead, I just get a plumber—some
0: surly guy with a pipe wrench. I'm like, what? Uh, Not uh, again. That's not
1: what I ordered. Not again. (laughs) I'll have what he's having.
0: But uh, this leads Bones to continue to brag about her book sales and money and everything, um, which is a very likable trait in a character. Mm. It really well, remember makes me she's hurt. on
1: she's on the spe- she's like su- heavily implied that she's on the spectrum, which everyone knows. When you're on the spectrum, you tend to be able to write very good fiction novels. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Now, you've raised an interesting point about the character of Bones here, which is how is she writing a series of successful fiction novels about characters who she has to invent and make up dialogue for?
1: We have this, so we continue with the B plot where Booth can't pay for a dang plumber, but also due to his coma, he forgot how to do plumbing. (laughs) Oh no, that
0: thing that's always happening to all of us. Yeah. and, so and she offers to, to pay like, Booth is very offended mm-hmm. um, And Sweets helpfully explains That like hey You're really snipping his nuts here <laughs> You're really You're really putting him on a leash And dog walking him around in front of
1: everybody <laughs> I, I love uh, that, what you that should Sweets do. Sweets has taken the point of view Of um, Caleb Bond <laughs> He just has <laughs> the gender politics Of Caleb Bond Yeah <laughs>
0: Oh, and um, for some reason, I guess, like, Sweets seems to just be everybody's personal psychologist as well. Yeah, that's how it goes. Is He's, he's just hanging out, offering unsolicited uh, relationship and personal advice
1: to all of these people that he works with, too. While drawing wild conclusions about who is and is not a spy or a psychic or whoever, which is what a, a psychological profiler um, in the FBI would do. Well, there's only one
0: kind of conclusion that we draw around here, and it's wild.
1: <laughs> wild and unfounded.
0: So, um, so you know, he's, um, he suggests, so hey, I, hey don't, go ahead, go ahead. don't castrate him in front of everybody. Instead, yeah. maybe you should teach her to do plumbing. And he's like, I can't remember how to do plumbing. No, sorry. <laughs> he suggests the bones that she should, she should allow herself to be taught. And she's like, what? Mm -hmm. But I already know everything because I'm fucking insufferable. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, they've found the car. They found James Bond's real James Bond car. And this leads to more of that wonderful dialogue that we love. uh, Oh, absolutely. When Bones Bones looks under the front bumper for the scratches that we all know that they're going to look for and proclaims, Mm -hmm. Booth... The car has superficial lesions on the lateral anterior surface. And he says, bones. Yeah, duh. Cars don't have uh, anterior surfaces. They have chassis. <laughs> they have oil for blood. Yeah. Uh,
1: and he does, like, but cool cool gestures of, like, dudes love cars, you know? Before we get too far into this, I want to point out that... Um, what, the way they found out about the car with the body is that Angela just ran into the diner and then yelled out about their um, internationally um, significant <laughs> murder investigation that a, a great big break has come in the case. And then there's, again, a little bit of banter where they're like, uh, did you say, uh, why didn't you say hello to me? Uh, I was finishing my coffee. And it's like, oh, these guys, they have such a great relationship. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry. They. Uh, I will allow you to uh, get back to the... Summary. I just wanted to note that they were like, "We found a break in our spy murder." This yeah, diner. The,
0: the scintillating, the scintillating dialogue. <laughs> uh, they of course pop the trunk and find an extremely melted corpse.
1: Yeah, exactly. A classic corpse melting.
0: Um, neither of them seem at all bothered by, like, what I can only assume is the overpowering rot. Mm. of this this literally melting corpse in the trunk bones
1: immediately starts poking around in there to be i'll, I'll be honest with you this i don't find that unbelievable because i i don't know like i know doctors and stuff and they talk they're very sort of blithe about you know dealing with quite upsetting um uh, uh body horror situations
0: And according to the uh, CIA pass that she pulls out of the guy's uh, pocket, which is covered in corpse goop, it appears that the victim was Andy Dick, Mm -hmm. uh, judging by the picture on the card. So uh, they better get back to the lab, try and figure this out. Um, Bones is yet again bragging about her money. Mm -hmm. She cannot stop. She cannot stop. Uh, Everybody is lamenting. Um, the loss of the scholarship. So this leads Bones to say quite robotically, and I had to get down this actual exchange here. So Bones says, it is unfortunate that Mr. Bray is losing his scholarship. He's one of our best interns and is quite deserving of financial assistance. Um, Because that's how you speak when you're super intelligent and on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, Leading Angela to wonder, hey, have you ever thought of starting a scholarship you have a lot of money now (laughs) (laughs) that's right bones replies i support many different organizations that provide food housing and medical care for people in need
1: should i withhold funds from them yeah because what happens when you donate to one charity is that you also don't donate to every other charity
0: Yes, you also have to go around to that charity and make a big point of
1: like, hey, I got this money here. You're not getting it anymore.
0: Sorry. I, I get
1: it. This, is, this is, if you were arguing, I think this is going to come up again and again throughout this series. If you were arguing with a precocious 13-year-old who's just discovered like libertarianism, that's the argument that they would make in defense of never doing anything good it be like, well, by doing one good thing, I'm not doing a million other good things. And so actually, by the math of good things, if you do a good thing, you're doing negative 99%, uh, which means you're doing a bad thing because you're not doing all the other ones. So ipso facto, I have uh, come out on top again. Anyway, I can't pause it and come down for dinner. It's online.
0: <laughs> so um, so having established he's from the CIA. Yeah. And, and the that he uses their a silenced
1: Walter PPK. Oh See, yeah. James, could he Bond's be James gun. Bond.
0: Yeah. They do literally say it is James Bond's gun.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Um so so of course they have to go to Langley to um mm-hmm. have a chat to the CIA about this leading to this wonderful exchange in the car. Um, Bones says <laughs> Sorry, can I can I just say at this point um thank you very much to the fine people over at foreverdreaming.org who have transcribed every single episode of Bones, every word of every episode. <laughs> Why? <of Bones.
1: laughs> who I don't know. Done
0: this? It's an extremely GeoCities ass website. And um, I appreciate it though because I can I can just go and make sure that I've got these chunks of dialogue correct. Like this this pearl, for example. Bones says in the car. In 500 BC, Sun Tzu devotes attention to intelligence gathering and the art of war. Precocious 13 year old. (laughs) Precocious 13 year old. Um, He argues that all wars are based on deception. Logically, that would mean if we don't deceive each other, then war would be unnecessary.
1: (laughs) Because she is Dr.
0: Spock apparently she's fucking
1: doctor spock. Well that's that's actually a really good clip. that's really insightful to point out because this is like this, the Hart hansen and the writing team's idea of a smart person is like a teenage spock. Well and that um
0: and the uh, Barianas' booth is clearly playing the the humanized um james t kirk role opposite bones because his response to this is yeah But not everyone's logical now, are they? It's frustrating, but that's how the world works. (sighs) I love learning from TV.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Learning from the world, learning about the things around me. So they take their asses to the CIA um, they have a little chat to the deputy director of the CIA, Rutledge, who uh, informs them that Greg, the dead, uh, the dead CIA agent, worked the Turkmenistan desk, <laughs> analyzing right. websites, searching for communications hidden in images and in text. Uh, and then we get Ricky Lindholm of Garfunkel and Oates in a serious role for some reason. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, And, you know, she lets us know that uh, Greg, the CIA, the dead CIA, James Bond man, um, had testified against, um, testified against a, what, a Latino uh, dude for whatever it was that the CIA wanted him stitched up for. Wasn't convinced that he was actually guilty. Uh, Guy has gone to prison and got out. Because, you know, he wasn't actually guilty <laughs> from the sounds of things. It sounds like he was um, put in prison uh,
1: by a case built
0: by Bones and her team. Uh,
1: yes, uh, that, or, or by someone. But also, he was put in prison on a terrorism charge?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, some guy who maybe stole a car. Mm-hmm. So, they, they pulled this guy in and talked to him, leading me to ask myself once again... Why the fuck is Bones in there interrogating suspects? Yeah, she's an anthropologist. Why <laughs> is why is the why is the like extremely on the spectrum forensic anthropologist from the lab uh, hanging out in the interview room asking questions and trying to trick people?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get that.
0: Very, very blurry lines around this office, because apparently they all hang out everywhere all the time,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, work or otherwise, and they're somehow all involved in every aspect of the investigation. Uh, Yep.
1: Yep. Hmm. Especially, especially the forensic anthropologist who's mostly there to look at bones. She's, um, because what is interrogation but looking at the bones of what someone says? That's true. That's right. Um... And also, by the way, uh, Rutledge, the what, a director in the CIA is like looking suspicious, which means the police might have to arrest a CIA director. <laughs> Little deputy director of the CIA. Um, so they, they
0: start poking around trying to figure out why um, why this guy, Greg Dorrit, was, was involved in all of this. And um, Wendell says that according to his files... Dorrit fractured his ankle twice trying to complete an entry-level obstacle course during CIA training. To which Bones responds, "This makes no logical sense." She's doing the the Vulcan hand gesture. That's right. <laughs> this this makes no logical sense. He dressed like a fictional British spy and pursued a shadow career as a CIA field agent, even though he clearly did not possess the physical aptitude necessary for success.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. <sighs> Yeah, Just that's it. it. She's, vault. she's she's she sparked it. You got him. You got him. It's because uh, she. It's
0: because she. You know, she understands the, the cold nature of logic, but she doesn't understand the human heart. You know, uh, if, and you know that's going to provide so many B plots, <laughs> uh, and apparently so many actual plots for novels that she's writing.
1: Of course, yeah, the successful novels that this person is writing, who has a difficult time understanding how other people think or speak. Hmm Um,
0: so, so Bray wanders in the intern and she casually tells him that he's fucking fired and he can get out of here.
1: Well, what, what, there's one, one thing that's, uh, one, one small thing, uh, which is that number one, uh before this happened he was talking to the boss and she was like kind of probing about the scholarship and he's like oh yeah my family calls it the miracle because otherwise my (laughs) life would be ruined anyway my mother goes to church every day to pray and thanks for it anyway back to the bones That is so good. And he's like, yeah, I've grown up poor, but I always helped out around my community. And one day I hope to start a scholarship of my own so I can save more people's lives. Because like I said, this scholarship was a miracle and saved my, a very good deserving poor person's life.
0: I'm going to name the scholarship after you because you are my hero. (laughs) He he actually does say that later on in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um." So, you know, other people are like, ooh, can't
1: believe you just said that. Oh, um, I, I, I missed one more quote, which is that mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the guy that they arrest, the Mexican terrorist named Pedro Marquez, uh, <laughs> was like, I got my check for my wrongful arrest yesterday, Holmes, so now I don't have to steal cars anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like every every terror investigation the Australian government does.
1: that's finally it's realistic
0: yeah um so people people are mad that she's quite callously uh broken it to this guy that he's shit out of luck um and they go oh no uh to which bone says oh my friend here can occasionally be quite sentimental sounding like a bond villain Mm -hmm. the fundings were cut back and you lost your scholarship which means your internship is cancelled um Oh, actually, Wendell, Wendell says, "But aren't there any other funding resources?" And she says, "We have explored all of the alternatives." And she says this while standing in one of the many gigantic crime science hangars
1: <laughs> that they're in. Sorry, we spent all of our money on this conjectural computer that spits out wild conclusions. We need a yeah. quantum. We need a quantum um, chip just to make it spit out wilder conclusions.
0: And we can't we can't possibly afford. We are probably paying you forty
1: thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, t- time to get a piece of software that um, searches text online. Like if if there's one
0: thing that this show is telling you through set design and so on and so forth, it is basically um, this this team has an unlimited amount of money
1: available to it. Mm-hmm. But not um, only for only for IT, not for staffing not for anything else you know, they need charity to get their staff
0: so um so you know they get back in the interrogation room um with they the... find
1: they find a surveillance bug in uh oh, despise yes. watch greg dorrit um little, little greg dorrit and then they interrogate the receptionist being like, this surveillance bug was last checked out to you at the CIA, which keeps a paper trail of everyone who uses all of its Black Ops material that you can just go get as a receptionist.
0: Yeah, I like to think of it like, um, you know, in cop movies when you have to go to, like, the gun cage or the evidence <laughs> locker or whatever and, like, yeah. sign a clipboard?
1: Yep. That's right. Um,
0: it's the same so she thing reveals some stuff. spy tech. And it's it's looking a lot like perhaps the assistant director of the CIA has been involved in stealing diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, they have also.
1: Reveals. So what she reveals is one line, which is that. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to I'll give you the, the quote later because this is really funny.
0: Oh, no. Go for it.
1: No, I think I need to, I think you need to say what you're going to say. Then I'm going to say the quote. Oh, I was moving on. I was moving on to the lab. Oh, okay, because the idea, the receptionist and Dorit were in a relationship, and then he broke it up and sent her a cryptic email of him with his hand held up, waving goodbye. And they're like, what a freak show, waving goodbye. He He's an analyst who desperately wanted to be a field agent. He broke up with his girlfriend by sending an email waving goodbye. Um, and then she says, but then I wasn't mad no more, because I heard Greg was going to propose to me. I heard a conversation between him and Rutledge talking about diamonds, and it's... It's like uh, another yes, Booth and Bones. Wild...
0: Look at each other. Ooh,
1: <laughs> another wild conclusion drawn by the secretary. Ah, uh, yes, this guy who broke up with me a week ago is talking to his boss about diamonds. I guess that means he's going to propose.
0: Well, if only we had some wildly speculative <laughs> evidence to back this up. So back in the lab, uh, we've got intern Wendell talking to uh, Cam about. There's, we've got all of his bones laid out now. Mm. Apparently, they're all cleaned up and everything. Um, there are a bunch of holes drilled in one of his bones, mm-hmm. um, which they just can't figure out. You know, they're like, hmm, they're, they're smooth holes, mm-hmm. not like from a drill.
1: Yeah. We can't quite figure it out. A couple of smooth holes here. Oh, and um, then... one. There's, sort of, there's one, one significant thing that happens before we get to the bones examination which that Angela does some computer magic to the email that Greg sent to his girlfriend of him waving, and she's like, oh, there's code hidden in the hand, and it's just a bunch of Matrix characters. <laughs> um, and then they walk out of the office, and they say, okay, the following exchange of dialogue, which really happens, it actually happens in the show. Bones, Angela's still working on cracking that code. Booth, well, it's the CIA we're dealing with here, Bones. Bones, oh, I got you this book to fit your, fix your plumbing. I found it at a used bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um,
0: so they're looking at these bones and they, they had been talking about like how much punishment this dude has taken um, how, much, how much pain he's been through and everything and Wendell says I found in addition to the perimortem discompaction there's also significant hemorrhaging on C3 if a person precision knife hand <laughs> Delivered a precision knife hand strike to C3, and then he does a karate chopping motion, much like James Bond would do. Mm -hmm. It could be used to render a victim unconscious, Mm -hmm. but also a blow to that region could cause severe nerve damage. Um, So, perhaps, you know, he was uh, basically paralyzed from the neck down while being tortured. But Uh, uh, Wendell says... Sorry, go ahead. This is why this maneuver is also known by trained combatants, special forces, Navy SEALs, and perhaps the assistant director of the CIA. That's right. That's what they teach you in director of the CIA school. (laughs) They say, hey, there is some damage to uh, vertebrae C3 of this dead body's spine. Therefore, the assistant director of the CIA was the man who karate chopped him to death.
1: (laughs) But with Bones, you always have to go one line further because they weave the A and B and C plots in together. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, I think the director of the CIA might have karate chopped his man to death. And then Bray's phone rings. and He's like, oh, that's my mom. Can I take this? Oh, yes. (laughs) Can I sadly take this phone call outside?
0: So, um... Now, this is, this is how we solve crimes on bones, mm-hmm. right? We get, like, something that isn't really evidence of anything, like some damage to a vertebrae. And then we reverse engineer from that what type of knife hand, precision knife hand strike could have caused, theoretically, that kind of damage. That's right. And then we do a little speculation about what type of person could have been taught that method of precision knife hand strike if that is actually what did the damage to the thing. Mm-hmm. And luckily... Perhaps the assistant director of the CIA was taught that method if he had been a field agent first. So now that we've established an incredibly tenuous chain of events to link to this damage to one vertebrae on the body, uh, we can then go about reverse engineering a motive to fit that particular thing. So Uh, this is the point at which they declare that prior to becoming assistant director, Rutledge was a field agent in Russia.
1: The Where he could have met Antonov. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, been, he's been to Europe. Russia is right up against Europe. Their paths almost certainly would have crossed.
0: Uh, they then say that he earned a reputation for very effective interrogation technique uh, when he headed a detention center in Afghanistan. And one of the techniques was
1: temporary nerve damage to the spine that's a that's a thing you can do as well with a karate chop is you can cause temporary nerve damage
0: <laughs> now luckily we have sweets here to do exactly what bones claimed he was going to do which was just kind of make something up
1: uh, <laughs> of course. because
0: when he, when he gets asked uh why would the deputy director of the cia torture greg Dorrit, they're on the same side he says perhaps he's a double agent I mean, mm-hmm. Rutledge mm-hmm. certainly fits that profile. They're yeah. usually intelligent male officers who had poor father figures, resulting in oppressed anger and revenge fantasies. By betraying his country, Rutledge is, in a sense, choosing a
1: new father, one That's which right. might treat him better than the last. It's also, it's very funny, a uh, double agent is actually a diagnosed condition in the DSM 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you've got a case of double agentitis. <laughs> So <laughs> bad case. got <laughs> a bad case of being a double agent, I'm afraid. You're very it's,
0: predisposed to this condition, sir. It's sertraline for you. <laughs> so at this point, the writers, much like us, have pretty much run out of time for this episode. <laughs> and they say, they declare. We have 10 minutes left with this body to solve the crime. Okay, because so the CIA is going to come take over the case. The CIA is going to come take this stuff
1: away. Mm-hmm. So, but the great thing is, because they have, we have to, now they're like, oh shit, we've written 50 minutes of show and are nowhere near a conclusion. We have to just throw in a bunch more wild assumptions and insane revelations.
0: So, so th- they frame this up with uh, Booth. Basically shouting at everybody in the room and saying, hey, you got to solve this crime right now. <laughs> it's, it's, imagine, the, it's, it's hockey. <laughs> imagine that you're in the Stanley Cup finals and you have 10 minutes to solve the finals.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so basically now we just hit what to me is becoming like the 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 signature of bones which is Mm -hmm. rapid fire speculation which you will then declare to be like the crime being solved
1: oh i've i've actually written this down in my notes as essentially some free word association because what happens is right i wrote i wrote crime mad libs (laughs) So they, what happens is earlier, they they interrogated Rutledge, who says, we were importing the diamonds from Russia so we could exchange them for political prisoners in Pakistan, which is something that we have. And Booth is like, it's Iran-Contra all over again. Yes, I love it. And then the CIA is like, we're going to take over this investigation in 10 minutes. And then we get the extended hockey metaphor. Um, and so basically, Bray says, wait a minute, you know what could make those drill marks is a diamond cutting laser. And well, hold on, hold on. Import- oh, sorry. wait, wait. 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 Yeah i've 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 got the dialogue here in all yes all right thank you common dreams or whatever it's called
0: uh foreverdreaming.org thank you uh this one was transcribed by jasmine uh shout out to jasmine so here we go rapid fire intern wendell says the holes in the arm i've been trying to figure out what caused them it wasn't a drill but it was strong enough to bore through bone but leave no trace bone says a laser Bray says, diamonds are cut by lasers. Brennan says, Lena Brodsky is the head of a diamond firm. She would have easy access to a laser. And Booth says, she's Ukrainian. (laughs) Dorit got to the case before she did. She's the one who tortured and killed Dorit. So we've we've moved from there are holes in this guy's bone to this Ukrainian bitch tortured and killed him. (laughs) <laughs> because she's uh, Ukrainian. They, they get their...
1: I love it. It's added like an insect. <gasps> she's Ukrainian.
0: <laughs> Aha. Classic Ukrainian behavior.
1: <laughs>
0: Why Just, I, I, I love stop all this torture? I love like how quickly they go from holes. Holes could be cut by a laser. Diamonds are cut by lasers. She's the head of a diamond firm. She could have a diamond laser. <laughs> <laughs> It's so so rapid fire. It's extremely good. Once again, I am forced to retreat to my mind palace where I imagine somebody attempting to actually prosecute a case in court on the basis of this evidence.
1: <laughs> I'm just dramatically turning around and saying to the jury, and she's Ukrainian. <gasps> Someone off the back vomits. You know? Also, here's the other th- question I asked at this point. I've written this down in my notes. There are two murders here. Have they forgotten about the other murder? Oh, very much. Yeah, very much. So they were like, ah, that guy, he's foreign. We don't solve foreign murders here at the Smithsonian. Or sorry, so, Jeffersonian.
0: So um, now at, at this point, they basically they uh, interrogate Lena Brodsky, who for some reason immediately says, yes, it was me who tortured that guy. And the reason I'll tell you about it is because, boy, he was tough about it he he took so much torture and he didn't tell me nothing <laughs> i tortured the shit of
1: him but he was too brave to talk to me
0: <laughs> but he was too american to cry um now there's been a lot of speculation of all kinds but about the contents of the briefcase mm-hmm. um they've been very concerned that it is perhaps not diamonds it is maybe something more dangerous that some type of terrorist yeah. would want to smuggle into oh, the country of, i of feel course. like there's been
1: Angela, a by lo- the way, has decoded the map of where it is by looking at his hand, by doing a uh, well-timed for the plot computer magic. Yes. Yep. Love that computer magic.
0: Yep. Um, but basically, uh, they've the, the speculation, I think, is that it's a dirty bomb or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so they find the location. A team of forensic anthropologists who is uh, looking for a dirty bomb, by the way. And what what, I, what I like about this, they
0: send in a guy from the bomb squad to like open this locker and pull the the briefcase out, um, and the whole team is standing like behind a sort of plastic shield about twelve feet away. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea that yeah. if you know if a dirty bomb had gone off, they'd be like, "It's okay, we're behind, <laughs> we're behind this sneeze guard." Um, <laughs> what is a dirty bomb but a large sneeze? That's right. So, finally, they determine everything's okay. And they open the briefcase and they reveal huh? the contents. And the contents are... And I again, I have to read this word for word. Uh, so, so, it's like, you know, the whole I've foam lining... I've also captured this word
1: for word. For the
0: foam lining of, of the case, um, USB drive placed right in the middle. And Bones looks at it and says, A USB computer drive? That's what this was all about?
1: And what does Booth say? Sometimes information, information is more dangerous than any bomb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> information cool. can be more dangerous awesome. than a bomb. Oh, and that and that in itself truly blew my mind, proving the point that information can be more dangerous mm.
1: than a bomb, you mm-hmm. know? In- information, for example, that you invent whole cloth through some kind of random number generator. <laughs>
0: My goodness. And then we wrap up our, our C plot.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, we, we wrap up the A plot with um, Rutledge putting a star in the wall of heroes oh, for yeah. agents who've died in the line of duty. And Dorrits having a star put up even though he wasn't an agent because he got the shit tortured out of him and he didn't talk. That's
0: noble. Uh, to be tortured to death for your country that did not appreciate you while you are alive.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so yes, he he gets a star put up. Um, they say, hey, this wall's only for agents. And Rutledge says, I ask that an exception be made, which I'm sure they totally would. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want a star mm-hmm. for my friend. Um, so we <laughs> wrapped that up.
1: He wasn't an we agent, but he was really... To- they tortured the shit out of him.
0: They uh, We wrap up the C plot when Bray comes, uh, comes in to sadly say his goodbyes to everybody. And again, very well timed. They let him know, oh, by the way, you uh, don't have to leave. Um, mm-hmm. A bunch of money has been donated from an anonymous source, which mm-hmm. I think we could all tell from the very first scene in the show was going to be Bones.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he's very happy, runs off to tell his uh, mother that the miracle has happened again. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't quite understand this bit at the end where they say, actually, we received enough money donated for three internships. And well, uh, the, other, the other people in the lab go, I wouldn't know what that's about. Uh, is it saying that the people in the lab make enough money also that they can each afford to fund an entire internship themselves?
1: Uh, that's not clear to me either, but hey, if we're funding three scholarships, I hope you like C-list actors. Oh boy. <laughs> because we are about to get some people where you'll say, Wasn't he in that
0: thing? I wonder if I recognize this guy from somewhere. You will be asking
1: if you recognize this guy from somewhere. <laughs>
0: Can't wait. Uh, and of course, we have to finally wrap up our B-plot. With um, Booth teaching Bones how to plumb. Yeah, that's right. And they're, they're so just, yeah, they're, I, they're I, I have written down, down in my notes. Sink and flirting.
1: I, I have this written down in my notes I mean, that anyway, now that they've finally cracked this international Russian spy torture case, they're finally going to fix the plumbing.
0: I assume his pipes were just leaking the whole time in his kitchen, ruining his hardwood floors. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh so yes, it's another nice little bonding moment for them where they get to pretend that there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, there's there is rarely anything less compelling to me in a any form of serial entertainment than a will they won't they
1: type of romance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to many
1: more episodes of this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, look, without spoiling anything, there is a dramatic wedding. Uh, and it does happen a psychotically long amount of time away from this. <laughs> it goes for so long without the big dramatic wedding. God. My goodness. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end
0: of uh, Bones Season 5, Episode 2. The Bond in the
1: Boot. Oh, Corky, Corky, above or whatever you would say. Uh, I'm recording this in the morning, and I've forgotten how to make British noises. <laughs> that is just poke your head
0: out and see if you can hear anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, crikey, ah, there you go. Yes, everyone in everyone in the neighborhood just waking up and, and stretching out and being like, I'm not racist, um, which is a classic <laughs> British thing to say. <laughs>
0: Stepping outside and clapping for Boris, yeah. Yeah. you know. Not racist, just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's the national anthem of the United Kingdom. Oh my God. Well, <sighs> uh, this has been the Bony Island Whitefish, bringing you one episode at a time, season five
1: <laughs> of the TV show. <laughs> Boris. What a stupid concept! I'm having uh, a lot of fun with it. Follow, oh um, goodness. follow uh, the bony island po- i think it's called bony island pod uh so hang on right. i can check my notifications uh yes it's follow bony island pod on twitter uh to get updates about the bony island whitefish your favorite new podcast that's right
0: thanks for joining us and we will talk to you next week bye Bye-bye.